Okay. So we're doing now Friday's section. We're continuing in Parshas Pekude, which is part of our joint two portions of Ayakal and Pekude. Again, in the portions of Truman, and to some of it, God commanded Moses to do all of this work. In Truma, primarily the building of the tabernacle and the vessels. In Tzavah, primarily the garments of the priests. In Vayakel, Moses gives us all over to the Jewish people, and they do it. We continue enumerating the doing it and all of the amounts that were gathered and used in Pekude. So we are in chapter 39, verse 22. So we're enumerating all the items of the clothing of the priests that they made. They made the cloak of the ephod, the cloak that was actually under the apron, the work of a weaver entirely of turquoise wool. Its head opening folded over within it like the opening of a suit of armor, a border for its opening all around. It may not be torn. They made on the hem of this cloak, this is sort of like a, a shift. That's what it really looked like, a one-piece shift. They made on the hem of the cloak pomegranates of turquoise wool and purple wool and scarlet wool twisted. They made bells of pure gold and put the bells among the pomegranates on the hem of this cloak all around among the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate on the hem of the cloak all around in order to minister as God had commanded Moses. So that was one garment of the high priest. This cloak, we discussed all these garments when we learned about them in the portion of Tetzavah. Now we're going to read about another garment. They made the, the shirt, again, the shirt is really like a shift, <laughs> just like a long undershirt, so to speak, that went under all of this. They made the shirt of linen, the work of a weaver for Aaron and for his sons. Now we're talking about the hat. And the hat of linen, and the splendor of the hat of linen, and the pants of linen, of twisted linen. Now when it says the splendor of the hat, Rashi comments, that this means that the hats are splendid, meaning what Rashi is clarifying here is, some people say the splendor of the hat means it was like this decorative button on top of the hat. And Rashi is rejecting this because in the Torah portion, there's no mention of this decorative button. And Moses was told to make the hats for glory and splendor, so it's not that the button is making it splendid, but the hat itself is, is splendid. Continuing... The avnate of twisted linen and turquoise wool and purple wool and scarlet wool, the work of an embroiderer, as God commanded Moses, the avnate is a special belt. So these are all, everything we're saying here, basically besides the shirt, which was also to the regular priest, and the pants, which the regular priest, but all the other items we said so far, the cloak with the woven pomegranates and golden bells was unique to the high priest. The hat, the high priest had a different hat than the regular priest. And this belt was unique to the high priest. Now we're going to talk about another garment that was unique to the high priest. They made the tzitz, the tzitz as a, the holy crown. The tzitz was a plate of gold on which was inscribed for God, holy for God, that was unique to the high priest. They made the tzitz, the holy crown of pure gold, and they inscribed on it with a script like the engraving of a signet, holy to God. They put on it a turquoise woolen string to put on the hat, the special hat of the high priest from above, as God had commanded Moses. There's a very long Rashi here. and This Rashi actually appears, I believe, three times, at least twice, where Rashi is puzzling or explaining to us our puzzlement that there's three different places that we describe the relationship 
in the terms of the garment of the high priest, between the tzitz and the hat. Now, again, the tzitz is a plate of gold. It is literally a plate of gold, the plate that sits on the forehead of the high priest. The question is, so how does it stay? <laughs> so it's somehow attached to the hat, but how? And if you look at the verses, it's sort of confusing. We know there's some strings, as we just said here, we read, that they put it in a turquoise woolen string, and somehow the turquoise woolen string is holding it. So it says that this tzitz would rest on the hat like a crown. But it can't be that the tzitz would, so that would imply that tzitz is on the hat, because it's like resting on the hat. If we think of a crown, we think of it on the top. But we know that's not true, because in the Gemara, in the Talmud, it says that you could see the high priest's hair between the tzitz and the hat, and that's what he would put on his tzitz, between the tzitz and the hat. So we know that even though we're calling the tzitz a crown, it wasn't a crown that sat on the hat, it was more across the forehead, and then there was a blank space where he put on his tzitz, and then over that blank space was this, like, hat. So how does it stay on? So we have a, a, a number of verses here that we're not sure. It says that the tzitz was on the hat, but we're saying here clearly it was not on the hat, it was on the forehead, and then there's a space for the tefillin, and then there's a hat. What do you mean it was on the hat? And also, talking about the string, here it says, and they put on it a string of turquoise wool. That means the string is on the tzitz. But in the command to make the tzitz, in Parsha Tzitzavah, it says you should put it on a string of turquoise wool. So to say you should put it on a string of turquoise wool means the tzitz is on the string. So we have here all of our three questions. One, in the Gemara it's clear that the tzitz was not on the hat, but it says in the verses that the tzitz was on the hat. And here it says the string is on the tzitz, but in the previous portion, in Kitzave, it said the tzitz is on the string. So how do all these things happen simultaneously? And obviously they all did. So what's going on? So basically Rashi's answer is that this string that we're talking about is cords that fasten the tits on the hat. And again, because the tits is only going from ear to ear. So how does it stay on? So it was fastened on the mitznefes, not on the hat. Not that the tits itself was on the hat. The tits is a gold plate, and then we have the plates for the tzitz, and then we have the hat. But the strings of this turquoise wool are on the hat. So that's what we're saying the tits is on the hat. So we had three places in the tzitz where these strings went through these rings. On either end, like the two ends of the plate, which was going on his forehead from ear to ear, and in the middle. So we have these three places where we have a ring, and through the ring we have this thread, which actually wraps around, so it's like doubled. And then all of these threads meet and hang from the back of the hat, where they're all joined together and then hanging and keeping the tits on. So the strings of the tits are on the hat. Now how can we say the string is on the tits and the tits is on the string? Because every string doubled over. And one end of it was on the tits and one end of it was under the tits. And therefore, both verses are true. The tits is on the string and the string is on the tits. And all of this is tied together, meaning we have three points three places on the tzitz, the two ends in the middle, each of which has this doubled over string on and under the tzitz coming, and all of these pairs of strings meet at the, get, at the back of the neck of the priest over resting on the hat, 
And that's where they get all tied together. And this is what enabled the tzitz to resting on the hat through these strings tied to these rings on the tits. That's how the tits stays via the hat on the forehead of the high priest. Continuing, all the work of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was completed and the children of Israel did like all that God had commanded Moses, so did they do. So Rashi says they did all the work that God commanded. In other words, if the verse had written, the children of Israel did all that God commanded, then all that God commanded would have been the object of the word did. That's not what it says. It says, like all that God commanded. So, therefore, it's not telling us that they did it. (laughs) So that's why Rashi adds that word. And they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all of its implements, its hooks, its beams, its bars, and its pillars, and its sockets. So why did they bring it to Moses? So Rashi explains because they were unable to put it together. And why did this happen? Because Moses did, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, Moses didn't do any work in the construction of the tabernacle. So God gave him the final job, putting it all together. Because nobody was able to put it together because the weight of the beams was impossibly strong. And only Moses was officially strong enough, but even he wasn't strong enough. Moses was very big. He was 15 feet tall. But he wasn't strong enough to pick up these beams. So Mo- I think what Rashi is saying is an amazing lesson for us. So Moses says to God, how could a man do this? I- it's impossible. I can't, you know, if Moses is the strongest Jew. He still is not strong enough. He can't do it. So God said, you do your end. You get involved in erecting the tabernacle with your hands. It will appear as if you're doing it. But it's actually going to stand up by itself. And that's what it says. If you look at the grammar precisely, it says the tabernacle was set up, meaning with a passive verb, to imply it was set up on its own. This is really a very deep point that Rashi is making here, that sometimes in life we're given tasks that not just seem impossible, they really are impossible. They don't just seem beyond our ability. They really are beyond our ability. But even when we're in a situation of something that's beyond our ability, what we have to do is do our part. Sort of like when Basia the Moses in the basket in the Nile, she stretched out her hand. Now, that was a ridiculous thing to do. Her hand couldn't reach the baby, but that was all she could do. So she did her part, and God cranked and cranked her hand, so to speak, longer and longer to reach the basket. So similarly, Moses did his part. He knew he couldn't pick up these beams, but he did his part, and then God had it set up, and this is obviously a very strong practical lesson for all of us in all those situations in life where we know we can't possibly do this. But do it, and God will... Complete the job. Continuing the verses, and the cover of red-dyed ramskins, and the cover of the tachash skins. Remember, this was a special animal that lived at that time with multicolored skin. And the preiches, this curtain that separated between the holy and the holy. And the ark of testimony, and its pillars, and not pillars, its beams, and its lid, and the table, and all the implements, the special table and the holy, and the bread, of the surfaces, a special bread on the table, the pure menorah, the candelabra, its lamps, the lamps of the arrangement, and all of its implements, and the oil of illumination, and the golden altar, and the anointing oil, and the incense spices, 
and the screen of the entrance of the tent and the copper altar and the copper lattice that was on it, its poles and all its implements and the washing basin and its pedestal, the curtains of the courtyard, its pillar, its sockets, the screens of the gate of the courtyard, its ropes and its pegs, and all the implements of the service of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, the mesh garments to serve in the sanctuary, garments of sanctity for Aaron, the priest, and the garments of his son to be the priest. Aaron, the high priest, and his son were the priests. Like everything that God had commanded Moses, so did the children of Israel do all the labor. Moses saw the work, and behold, they had done it as God had commanded, so had they done, and Moses blessed them. Rashi explains on these words that Moses blessed them is that he said to them, may the divine presence rest in the work of your hands. This is actually verses in Psalms. This is one of the 11 Psalms of the series that begins the prayer of Moses. And um, we have here this very special blessing because the Jewish people had done everything, but it's sort of an empty, hollow shell until God fills it with his presence. And that was a blessing, that whatever your handiwork is, God should fill it with his presence. 